Hello and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast, brought to you by Payne West Insurance. I'm your host, Jack Genoway. Our local school district is a critical part of our community, and it has a huge impact on Billings' current and future workforce. Today, we are going to dive into the challenges and accomplishments of School District 2. My guests today are Greg Upham, Superintendent of School District 2, and Bo Brunsman, Career Outreach Director with School District. And my celebrity guest host today is Kathy Greider, Billings Chamber's Workforce Development Manager. Hello! Thank you all for joining me. So, you both have kind of interesting jobs. You know, not a lot of people end up in your position. So, can you just start off by talking about how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, so... I do have a little bit of a unique path. Both of my parents are teachers and actually currently teaching in Billings Public School. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. My dad is a business teacher at West High. So I grew up in a household where education was a topic my entire life. And so I really wanted to be a teacher to start off with. My parents, you know, they have influences different way. They wanted me to try other things. Um, And so I ended up, I grew up in South Dakota. My sister ended up moving to Montana based on some of the experiences that I had in college and my degree program, it it fit nicely to work for, I found a job with the Department of Labor in a workforce development role. And then from there, so I worked a lot with apprenticeships and, and, you know, um, what I would call like non-traditional education pathways that don't, they might involve some college, but Mm -hmm. mostly, you know, two-year programs, one-year programs, you know, programs, education programs outside of the university system. And so just looking into that lens as far as workforce development i saw a huge you know opportunity where i th- i thought you know hey i w- i'm a i went to college my whole family went to college i never even looked at some of these other options that were out there just cuz i didn't have access yeah. to it so um it kind of sh- shown a lens on you know that there's there's a gap here and then it just so happened that this role with the school district um came open i had worked with superintendent upham when he was at uh at helena as the assistant superintendent I knew kind of what his vision for the school system, um, how that played in um, from working with him in Helena. And it just ended up working out that I got the position. Um, we, you know, I, I kind of bought into the vision that Greg had laid out, you know, many years ago in Helena. And I, I get the opportunity to do career outreach for the district now because of it. Excellent. Greg? Yeah. Thank you, Jack and Kathy, for hosting this. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't know really how I ended up, how I ended up. I, <laughs> You know, I went to college on an athletic scholarship. That's what I, I wanted to do. And, I, and obviously school was a part of it. And I've always enjoyed school. I've never been a great student, but I've enjoyed school. And so it, it just took me through being an, uh, a teacher to a, a building administrator to a central office administrator to, you know, a superintendent. And I've enjoyed every step along the way. This is 36 years. I shared with the, <clears throat> excuse me, I shared with the Chamber Ag Committee kind of the story really on, the, on that yeah. laid the foundation for the work that we have in place now. And as I shared this morning, you know, a lot of this is common sense, but I think what we're finding is common sense isn't so common. I know that whether a student plans on going to college or not, School District 2 has been putting a lot of work into making sure that when a student graduates, they're ready for their next step, whether that's college or something else. So what goes into making sure that a student is ready for their next step in life? Well, you know, we've, I think we've all asked ourselves, you know, and someone's asked us, maybe not as much as in, in my generation as maybe a younger generation is, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What, what, what do you want to do? And 
history has provided us an opportunity to retool the system, if you will. The system, when I say the system, I'm talking about the education system. And the education system was designed primarily to place students into college. And I totally support that. It's not tooled as well to place students into careers while they're still in high school. And so the work that we've been involved with and Bo and our career coaches team have just done a phenomenal job is really started to, to try to pique an interest, an innate interest, regardless of where you come from. I've t- spoken many, many times that a lot of the influence that a young person is involved with really revolves around the kitchen table, if there is a kitchen table. And, you know, how do I get to do something different? How do I even know what I like? You know, and that's, that's a pretty young student. But at the same time, you know, people kind of have an idea about what they may or may not want to do. So our work is focused in the middle school, teasing out innate interests, uh, bringing the family along, showing them course pathways to support them. And then the power in all of this is that placing the student while they're still in high school in areas of interest. And mm-hmm. history is giving us that right now, giving us that opportunity because there's so much need. So you, you mentioned like history gave you the opportunity of it. When did you start this whole process? Well, you know, my background in, in, as a teacher was vocational education. And so I always, with my students, did everything I possibly could to get them employment opportunities in areas of their interest. I'm a firm believer that the education is the education and we're not an employment service. We're not. But if I can help someone move into a position that they really enjoy regardless of whether it's attached to college or not college or whatever it may be, I really don't care, then, then that's, what, that's what I've always tried to do. And now it's on a much larger scale is to say, hey, let's try and facilitate these, these relationships. So Billings is really leading the way in some of the you know, programs and, and opportunities that we have for these kids, such as the Career Center and you know, your newest program with, the, with Future Ready and the Summer Jobs Program and Build Montana. Can you talk about some of those programs and what they're offering students? Yeah. So as Greg said, a lot of, you know, the influence that happens is, you know, what, what, do, what do I have access to? What can my family provide? That's how traditionally a lot of students or young people traditionally have chosen a career. So um, what we've really tapped into is we've kind of taken, okay, the school district, we have this role that I'm currently in, we have four career coaches, we have some of the infrastructure in place to kind of do this work that hasn't been there in the past. And so really, I'm on the business side of things, trying to cultivate relationships with businesses that know that, hey, we need, we want to tap into a future workforce. We want to talk to these students that we don't think that, you know, they might may not know we're here. They may not know how to get to us. They may not know, you know, what types of opportunities lie and what the earning potential is there. So that's kind of my part of the this, the equation. And then the career coaches have been instrumental because they're four, you know, they're in, one in each high school plus the career center. They're really doing it on the student side. So like on what I call like the supply side of like, Hey, here's a, <laughs> we have 1200 students that we graduate every year for Billings public schools. There's 12, that's 1200 of a captive audience that we're trying to facilitate different activities and events and things that they're doing throughout their time in our school district to expose them, you know, have them become more aware and then tell us, you know, Hey, this is something I'm interested in. I want, you know, I, we just keep trying to open doors for them. And so a lot of our programming is centered around that. One of the, you mentioned Build Montana, 
The entire premise is is exposing students to the construction industries in ways that the construction industry felt like they haven't been able to, you know, show students. They, you know, unless mom or dad works for a contractor or, you know, grandpa did or whatever, there's a lot of students out there that have that innate interest and, you know, they really like those classes, but they've never known how do I get to an RDO equipment or to a knife river? I don't know anyone there. So that whole program is basically it's an internship. You expose them to the different people and the different careers and the different companies that are w- interested. And it's kind of like, a, you know, you throw, you know, ten, last year we had 10 students in there. They, they went all different directions within the industry based on what their interest was. But there's, you know, six, seven, eight kids now that are started a career in construction that had no clue how to get there when, before they started. So it's really centered around that networking piece teasing out if we do a good job of teasing out innate interest at younger ages and and then students say hey this is what i'm interested in there are people waiting on the other side in our community and our community has been done a great job of stepping up and saying hey we've never had a 17 year old student we've never you know we've never recruited really or considered hiring someone this young they've done a really good job at knowing this is a different type of employee this is going to take a different you know level of mentorship and those types of things but it's been a really those a lot of those programs have been really beneficial because uh, the student gets to choose what they want to do and the employer gets to see wow these you know these kids are amazing they have a lot more abilities and skills at a younger age than a lot of people i think realize because honestly they hadn't needed to they they were able to fill their workforce without having to go down that low now with where everything is at they kind of have to look at how do we how do we get you know access to to different employees that groups that we haven't had in the past because the need is just so high out there as far as workforce goes. Yeah, if you sign up or have gone through leadership billings in the past, you we have an education day and you get to go tour the career center. And I've, I've seen some of the things that these students have built there. And it just blows me away what a 17 or an 18 year old is capable of if they're taught how to do it. Like the, I saw some of the stuff in the welding shop was just done immaculately. It was, I was amazed at the quality of construction that they were able to achieve. So like you were saying, even a 17 year old might not necessarily have the life skills that you expect in an employee, but they absolutely can be taught to do good work. And we call those, we refer to them as, those are our sandboxes. So that's the, those are the things that students can do while they're with us, you know, during the, you know, during their freshman, sophomore, junior, you know, maybe even senior year that really exposes them to like, do I mm-hmm. like this? And then gives them some skills, gives them some knowledge yeah. that they might need. And it's really a good, I think a lot of employers have found, oh, those are great foundations, not only to, for the skills and those types of things, but this student really gets, has, has seen what this, this looks like. You know, they've got that exposure to know, okay, I do like this and I want to, I want to keep opening that door. Or for a lot of students, it's, you know, hey, I don't like, I, you know, I don't know if metals and manufacturing is my thing. We also have other pathways that they can try to, you know, see, see what the next step is for them. Yeah. So you guys are making a lot of progress in these areas, but we've all heard a lot of news stories over the last couple of years about all the challenges that education is facing. And it's not just the pandemic. And there were challenges that existed before the pandemic. For example, I saw that graduation rates in Montana were about at 84% which is not as high as any of us would like it to be. So can you talk a little bit about what challenges the education system is facing? What challenges are students facing today? You know, I think it's a great question, Jack. I guess in, in the 36 years of experience, and I, I know I pull that out like a sword, but it, it, gives me a, uh, it gives me a perspective on things. So 
education, there's no, there's no quick way to do it. There's no fast track to it. Yeah. Now you may learn quicker than others, but in the end, 12 years, 13 years of public education, four years of, of bachelor's degrees and beyond, or an apprenticeship, four years or whatever it is. And I think what kids struggle with the most is the challenge with delayed gratification. Everything in their world right now is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. You don't, none of us really wait to do anything. I, I always chuckle when I'm in a group of gray hairs like I have is we can remember that in order to change the TV channel, you actually had to get up and go change it, right? Who in the world gets up and changes a channel? Who has to get up and answer the telephone? It's all instantaneous. What I see the challenges with people, with the young people is, is it takes more time. And if they don't have the grit and they don't have the role model at home to say, listen, this is going to take more time than maybe you're comfortable with. They want to get through it too fast or they disengage. Mm-hmm. And, and there lies the challenge. And so in knowing that, I don't think it's their fault. I don't think, I don't think it's a flaw. I just think their world is developed in a manner that everything is instantaneous. I find myself the same way, right? If I can't have something right away, I'm like, what, what's, going, what's wrong here? I, so that's the biggest thing I see with this. The other part that's maybe a little more concerning is, is have we lost the value of education? I mean, that's a fair question, right? I've, I see some of that. I don't see education as being as valued as it has been previously. And that would, the challenge to that would be that maybe education needs to become more relevant. It needs to adjust and change in the manners that I'm talking about, which is fine. And what we have going with the future ready and the job um, components, we're seeing it already. We're seeing students who struggle to come to school now are coming to school every day because there's a purpose for me to come to school when there wasn't before if I don't have that grit. And so it, it really comes down to, am I fulfilling my, my need? And I can see a reason why I need to do this other piece that I don't want to do because I need it on the other side. We, we're seeing that. So that's helping, but I don't know if I have the perfect answer for, for your question. Well, I've heard you talk as well a couple of times before about kids not being on grade level. And starting their K through 12 experience in drastically different places. Can you talk a little bit about trying to hit those targets and some of the challenges, the, some of the obstacles that these really young kids are facing in some cases of being where they really need to be sure. to be on track for, to graduate in 12 years? So what I've, what I've seen in all of this is I've seen a destabil- destabilization of the family structure. And in saying that, I'm not, I'm not blaming the family. I'm just seeing it. Because I think if you look on both ends of the spectrum, you can see that you know, a child who, who is having difficulty reading when they should be reading or being able to do math when they should be able to do math, is there enough support both in the school and in the home to help that child? Because every child learns differently and some need more time. And, and what I'm seeing is if that, if that home can't provide that extended amount of time that that child needs. The school district says this simply, you have 180 days. And after 180 days, then you're on your own. And not only that, but we're going to let you go for three months out of the year, which we can show a statistical drop. We call it the summer dip, especially with students that come from socioeconomic challenges. They'll dip further than others. Mm -hmm. And so with, with, with knowing that, then we can't continue to do the same thing. We have to learn to adjust. 
I don't think it does any good to point the finger and blame and say, well, if you would do this, then this should happen. I think we just need to recognize what's happening with that. And on the counterpoint to that is we are seeing students who are entering school being able to read at the first or second grade level. And the system was designed a long time ago for a much different family structure, and it works best when everybody's relatively the same height. And so there needs to be some structure changes in the industrial model that we have. It works for a certain percentage of students, but there's a growing percentage that it doesn't. Last but not least, I'd like to ask a couple of questions about how the Billings Chamber, how our listeners, and how the community at large can can help the school district. So first, what can the average person do, whether they have kids in school or not, do to make sure that the kids in our community have the best education possible? Well, I, th- I think a couple things, Jack. I-, I think I would strongly encourage them to just go visit with the building principal of the school that's in their area and ask them what they need. If it's an elementary school, they, they might use some volunteer time. They, I, I love going into the schools and seeing our foster grandparents in the hallways helping our kids read. I, I love it, and they do too. Um, sometimes it's, they, they may need you know, additional food. That may, they may need, they're going on a field trip. They, they may, they, we might need a crosswalk guard. I mean, it, it's just over and above. As far as you know, listening to the superintendent speak and you know, it's, it's supporting the schools with levies and those types of situations. Um, I know that that becomes a, a contentious topic because it's raising taxes. And the thing that I say to, to our community is our kids have to compete with not only kids in our community, but outside of our community. And the way the funding structure goes in Montana, roughly 20% of the, of the budget is local. It's, it's skin in the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, Missoula and Bozeman and Helena historically pass levies. It, it creates issues if we don't. And, and we've been fortunate. We've, we've had a couple of our levies pass and last one didn't and totally understandable with the level of inflation that we have and those types of things. So it's, 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 in, a, it's in a multitude of ways. Um, help the individual at the school, help the district as a whole. You know, we have the Education Foundation that does a phenomenal job of helping all sorts of things. So there's some ideas. Yeah, that's really helpful. I wouldn't have even known that you can go to a school and and ask for you know directly for ways that you can help out. I think another way too, the Education Foundation offers Educator for a Day, and it's a really great opportunity to enter your area school and get to see what's happening in that school and um, really connect with the principal. And uh, you know the kids are so excited to show you what they're doing. I actually got this year got the opportunity to go to Medicine Crow. And I, I want to go back to middle school. I mean, the place is so cool. Uh, it, you know, just I even like the library. It was a really peaceful atmosphere. The librarian, librarian was so excited to show us, you know, what she's doing with her students. And they have some unique and really cool opportunities within these schools. Bo, what can the business community specifically do to help out with what you're doing? Yeah, I think so. As of right now, we have really close partnerships with the chamber. Kath, adding Kathy's position has been a huge benefit to the work that we're doing. She's involved in all, like almost like she has her hand in a lot of different things that we, you know, we try to do outside of our walls just because the chamber has such a great, um, you know, business Rolodex. All, all the members, they're out there starved for workforce and they're willing to try some different things. So um, continue to be willing to partner with us on those types, you know, the summer jobs program. 
um, you know, finding ways to get students into their places of business to see the careers that they have, those types of things. And then, yeah, I think it's just being willing to work with a younger student, uh, knowing the d different challenges with that. You know, a lot of the, a lot of what we do is really creating awareness and then allowing students to explore. And so it's playing a, num a, n a numbers game in a, a large way where, you know, worth it. we would like to have, to, you know, 20 students come out to a, a place of business knowing that, hey, one or two of those that really like this, they might, you know, that might be a future employee. So being willing to partner with us, with myself, the career coaches through some of the initiatives that the chamber is pushing is, is really, really beneficial. And then, like I kind of said, knowing that this is a different, you know, a younger student, they're going to need a little bit more. Greg mentioned this morning at the, yeah. I, I, I chuckled at our meeting this morning, you know, the 17-year-old might break up with his girlfriend and it's going to be a tough week. And, you know, that's the type of stuff that you have to be willing to do. But the one thing that I've seen since the business community has gotten involved is they, and Greg talks about it all the time, is that they get that, like that altruistic feeling that people get into teaching for as a business owner. Yeah. So you have a young 16-year-old who's interested in learning about construction and learning about heavy equipment seeing someone like John Hurd from RDO being able to talk to them about yeah. the business and how he can help get them somewhere he's he's an that's that's hitting the same things that really get people in education so there's that altruistic feeling that I think a lot of the business community can feel by by getting involved in some of the initiatives that we're doing you know, Jack and Kathy I'd like to um, thank the chamber back on behalf of school district 2 in my 5 years here I I can't speak highly enough of the support and the work that that the chamber has done, you know, Steve Arviscow from Big Sky Economic Development Council and his team has really been behind the schools in helping them do whatever they needed to do and 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 expanding on some of the work that that we're doing. Um, just a big shout out to the chamber. You guys you guys really have been great partners for the school district and I just would welcome you to continue to get involved and and as you have and and let us let us give back to because you guys yeah. have been great. Well, uh, on that though, I will say that we are in a little bit of a unique position in that Kathy and I talk to other chambers around the country and there are quite a few of them who are pulling teeth right now to try to get their school districts to start forging those partnerships between the business community and their local school district. And we have the benefit of the fact that you guys have really took, taken an initiative on that area as well. So the second question I wanted to ask about, you know, how the community can help the school district is, you know, what is there that the, you in the school district would like to do, but you're not able to either because of a lack of resources or because of policy barriers? I would say the, the number one issue for us now is to extend instructional learning for our kids. For the, for the students that I was talking about that are below grade level or not on grade level when they need to be. Anything that we can do to expand that 180-day window for them, uh, it just, it's really just, again, common sense. If, if I'm struggling with something, I need more time. And it's difficult for the school district to do that. So any, any continued infrastructure that we can build toward extending the year, and we've used our, our ESSER funding the last two summers. We'll off, probably try to offer another summer school if we can get another another bit of interest in it, which we, we've seen some great gains. So it's, it's that. And then, and then thinking to the future, too. I, I mean, this is an old system that is working for some, but not for all. And so having being open-minded enough to say, okay, if, if we want a different result, then we're going to have to do things a little bit differently. And so be open to some change. Be open to some 
innovativeness that the school district will continue to bring. All right. Before we wrap up, we have a little tradition on our show. We call the Rorschach questions. I'm going to ask a couple of, you know, fun, unscripted kind of get to know you questions. I'll hold up an ink blot in the form of a question and I'll ask for your first response. All education themed today. So first of all, what is the biggest difference between your own K-12 education and the typical educational experience of a current student? And we'll start with Bo. So I would say the career center, I had no access to any, you know, career technical education was really limited with what I, what I had in high school. And the fact that they're at the career center, as well as just the CTE programs, the business programs, the FCS programs, I had maybe one or two options when I was in high school. And we've yeah. got a multitude that students can take advantage of. And it's the only career center in the state that like that. And so our students are just so lucky that, you know, they have access to that. And we have great teachers that get to uh, that those roles within our district too this is funny that's a great question i think just the word technology when <laughs> i was when i was going to school we didn't use the word technology it was still blackboard and chalk stone on stone right so i laugh now everything is is digital and back then there there was no digital yeah and it's important for students to learn some of the tools that they're going to be using once they get out of school as well right. oh yeah. they're better than a lot of us that's let me tell you. Yeah. Way, way way better. better they've grown up with those things in their hands they're awesome they're yeah they're an unreal with some of those skills yeah. kathy i'll have you jump in too. i would also say the career center um but in addition to that i think it's really cool to see being a, a heights kid and a skyview former skyview student you know to see how many of these programs are now being offered actually within the school and you know how many things that you can actually do some of these kids are walking out with, you know, they've got their CNA, they've got their EMT, you know, these programs that they, they really can, the day after graduation, go and get a job. Next question is, since you finished your formal education, what's one really impactful thing you've learned? Greg? Uh, just, it, it's so obvious, but then it isn't obvious. The, the impacts of having the opportunity for an education versus the negative impacts for not. It's, it's, it's just really interesting. So I, I, see, I see how important education is, and it's, it's even more so now than ever before. And I think it's um, looking back, uh, all, the, all the people in my life, and I see education all the time, the role models along the way, that helped get me to where I, I am. You know, I just think about how lucky I was basically throughout every step of my education. And then once I got into the professional workforce, have no clue where I would be without people, who, you know, bosses, teachers, advisors, those types of things, and how, how it impacted me. Not that I didn't have to show up and do the work and, you know, work hard and all those types of things. But there are times when, when I didn't have, if I didn't have one or two of these people, my life could have maybe gone a, a little bit differently. So just how important that those relationships and the people are and you know trying to eventually do the same for others and i would say uh it's certainly for me it's building relationships making connections finding those those different ways to get involved in your community will only make you more com connected in your community make you feel like this is your place finding your people it's your space certainly you know something that has gotten me to where i am today okay last question you all have the opportunity to observe a lot of students um you know what when i ask uh for an inspiring story about a student what's the first thing that comes to your mind i'll start with kathy this time 
I think I would just take one one story actually from so my da- oldest daughter graduated last year and one of her friends ha- had actually she really didn't know what was next for her and and struggled with that. She ended out ended up out at the career center and got her EMT uh, and that's what she's doing right now and it's actually led her down a path to where she wants to look at you know going to college next year and entering the nursing program. For me it would be the students that we have are very compassionate. They care a great deal about our society. They, carry, they care a great deal about each other. Um, they really, really do. Sometimes young people get a negative knock, lazy, not wanting to do things. I, I'm not seeing that. I'm, I'm not seeing that at all. I think they care a great deal about each other, and they care a great deal about, about their state. They care a great deal about our country. They really do. And I'm always reminded of it when I'm in the school. I, I like to see them, and they, they, they really, really do. And they're sharp. They're very, they're very, very sharp. They are. And I appreciate that. Um, there's, a, there's a couple, but um, stories are kind of the same. Didn't know what they really wanted to do. Um, didn't have you know, the networking in their area of interest uh, personally. And so we've had a few successes with students, especially in the construction industry, where they've participated in Build Montana, or they've taken the electrical class out at the Career Center, it, that's offered them a foot in the door and a lens, a lens into the industry and then a foot in the door yeah. into different occupations. And there's been some really cool outcomes all across the spectrum. So there's students that are going straight into the workforce that are, you know, getting industry certified credentials outside of a college system that have, you know, are making $25 an hour right out of high school. There's a student that I can think of that's in a diesel mechanic apprenticeship where he works for most of the, the year. And then he spends one month at a community college. He'll obtain a two-year associate degree by the end of that, you know, while he's in an apprenticeship program. And then there's a student, there's students who have these experiences and then they take that experience on to college. And it really inform, has informed, I think, of one that's a marketing major right now at MSUB that he got to work with a real estate slash restaurant owner in town. And he really learned that that was where his passion was, is marketing. And so those types of stories where it's like, hey, students introduced innate interest, they meet the people that they need to know. And then they're off onto their career. There's, there's been a lot of cool wins like that in the last couple of years. That's awesome. Well, thank you all very much for your time today. And thank you for all of the work that you're doing. This stuff matters a whole heck of a lot. Thank you so much to Greg and Bo for joining us today. Thank you to Kathy for co-hosting. And thank you very much to Payne West for sponsoring ChamberCast. If you would like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred podcast platform or recommend us to a friend. And don't forget to subscribe to ChamberCast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.